this is Sandcast, Beach Volleyball with Tri Born and Travis Mawerger. And just like last week, Lizana, all my friends are still gone. Tri is still in Hawaii, although he's doing good things. He's actually at the Outrigger Canoe Club. They have a book club there, and they're putting, like, Volleyball for Milkshakes is the book of the month or whatever. So Tri's wow. giving, like, a little presentation down there. And so that's awesome. That's super cool. Um, and then Savvy is hanging out in Florida and New Orleans and doing clinics down there. So solo podcast again. Sorry the celebrities aren't here. Just me today. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> but how are you, Miss Haley Harward? I'm great. I'm having a great day. Excited yeah. for the new year. Yeah. Really excited just for, you know, whatever the year has planned and the endless possibilities that are there. So yeah. I feel like I'm in a very good mood. Yeah, and I feel like it's easier to be in a good mood coming into this year as opposed to like the last couple, which have just been total shit shows yeah. for a while. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of exciting things going on. I mean, USC, your roster is like the Avengers of college beach volleyball. <laughs> I was looking at it for a story I was writing uh, on the NCAA expanding its field uh, mm-hmm. for the championships to 16, and I was like, they have six court ones. Not even just six court one players. You guys have six court one teams. <laughs> uh, that's nice. Yeah. It, I feel like we're the team of like graduate, graduate students and then yeah. freshmen. Like we have such a huge freshman class and then just so many graduate yeah. players. So it's kind of funny. So it's what, I mean, you're a graduate going for double masters. Mm-hmm. We just talked about that. Super impressive. <laughs> um, and then Julia Scholes, yeah. uh, graduate, um, I mean, Tina's not a graduate. She has, what, two more years? She just started a grad program. Okay. But I think this is, I don't know if she has, like, technically one more year of eligibility or not. But, okay. So she's now, like, a grad. Okay. As well. And because, I mean, she she's pretty old for, she's about 22, 21? She's, like, five days older than me. Okay. So we're both. And you're 23? 23, yeah. Okay. Approaching 24. Wow. I know. Man, I graduated college, <laughs> and I had, like, just turned 21. And I look at some of these rosters, I'm like, it's like everyone's like BYU. Have you ever seen a BYU yeah, roster? Because yeah. the guys will take two years off for exactly. their mission. They come back. I'm like, that freshman quarterback's 26. I know. He's got two kids. I know. <laughs> I know. I've heard some negative comments from people being like, oh, get on with your life. But I'm like, you know what? Everyone had a different path here. Yeah. And if it's the opportunity we're given, you know, I'm so grateful to take it. Yeah. So. And I don't understand, I mean, those comments, I mean, they're whatever. They're, I think they're probably from people who are a little bit envious that you still continue to do something that you love and compete at such a high level. Because you have, you're only 23. You get to compete and you get on with the rest of your life for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, and you guys are national champs. It's got to be such a cool environment to be around. It is, yeah. It's really special. And I think it shows even that, Tina, an Olympian, is choosing to come back yeah. to our program and go to school when she has, you know, she just got signed by like Red Bull or yeah. whatever. She's doing like amazing things. And I think that speaks volumes to the program yeah. that she is choosing to come back and play another year with us. So yeah. it's just so cool. I think all of my teammates, we all learn so much from each other. And I feel like it's not this kind of like dog eat dog type of atmosphere like I really feel like we all are trying our hardest and at the end of the day it's like we all really want to help each other improve because Mm -hmm. then we're going to get better if our teammates are getting better so it's just kind of this like you elevate me I elevate you and like we just keep going um so yeah it's been so special and getting another year I was like I'll make anything work to to stay with this program and you know, the athletic trainer and the, the food, and, yeah. and, and the I'm like, room. I don't want to leave, man. Yeah. Dan gave me a tour of the facilities, and I was like, whoa, this is immaculate. Mm-hmm. You guys are super fortunate with everything you have. Yeah. It's funny because um, Delaney's sister, Kelsey, she just transferred from St. Mary's. She's doing her grad year at BYU. Whoa. And so it's the first Nudson who's been at a football school that has a football program because Delaney was at Pep and mm-hmm. they don't have a football program and uh, Lindsay was also at St. Mary's. And so Kelsey, we were talking to her on the phone today. She's like, you should see the weight room. We have a nutritionist. They have all these resources and Delaney's like, you're at a football school yep. and you get pretty good things. Wow. Yeah, that's a big, it's a big difference maker for sure because yeah. I was at Long, at Long Beach, Beach State before, yeah. no football. They had football back in the day, but not when I was there. Yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, I mean, it's just a different environment. Like you're more focused on, I loved going to like water polo games mm-hmm. and like tennis and like, it was just so fun to have yeah. kind of like a smaller athletics community. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of crazy how much revenue football brings in. Yeah. And it's cool. I like to see how much of an impact it has for the entire school, like mm-hmm. for the rest of it, because everyone gets to use those facilities. I know that football probably has their own sort of special privileges and everything, but it's cool that all the teams can benefit from that. And now you guys, USC is just a juggernaut this year. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. It'll be fun, but you never know what can happen. Yeah. Everyone's good. Yeah. that's. I was talking to um, John Mayer uh, the other day, and he was like, this is probably the most talented LMU team we have, but... You know, it, it, I don't know if it's the most talented relative to the rest of the NCAA field because mm-hmm. everyone's getting so good so fast, especially because you have, like, all the sort of kind of COVID seniors, mm-hmm. and then you have the normal seniors, and then you have the influx of new talent, and all the, the freshmen are starting off on a higher baseline than any before because now it's, like, so big in the grassroots level. Right. So it's just getting so good so fast. Yeah, it is crazy. It's so fun to see the college level rise and even into like the AVPs over the summer. Yeah. Seeing, you know, Megan and Savvy and Tina and I'm probably going to forget people, but other people that are like my age just excelling. And I'm like, wow, this is like so cool just for the future of the sport to keep growing. Kristen and Taryn did okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How could I forget them? (laughs) Literally doing the best. (laughs) But Yeah. yeah, it's just so exciting to watch for sure. It is. How was your time at Long Beach? Because you were at Long Beach for a couple of years mm-hmm. um, and then transferred to SC. How long have you been at SC now? It's I've kind been of weird there to calculate since with the COVID. January 2020. Okay. So, what, two full years? Yeah, okay. But in March, so I was only there January through March of 2020, and then I went home to Phoenix once, you know, the season's canceled, school's canceled, you know, all that. Yeah. And I was home um, through the rest of the summer. I think I might have tried to play in like a tournament or two if any were running. Right. I think Wapaka might have been the only one yeah. that people were at. Which you won. <laughs> Which, yeah, that was Congrats. fun. Thank you. <laughs> that <laughs> That's was a big fun. one to win. Yeah, I'd never been. So it was just a really cool experience. I didn't know that people like camp out there and then the whole, the grass yeah. is bigger than the sand. It's, the sand is like the JV yeah, event. Yeah, it really the is. is. They're like, huge. all right, move out the sand players. Let's get the grass going. Come yeah. on. Um, so, but then I went back to SC in August. So really, I've only been there for like a year and a half. We'll okay. Say. Yeah. Gotcha. Enjoying your time though? Oh, yeah. It's been not only just, like, the SC experience for me, but just, like, the shared experience with the people I've met. I think that's, like, the biggest part about wherever you are in life is, like, if you have amazing people with you, like, more often than not, it's going to be a great experience, whether you're winning or losing. And I think, you know, we happened to win last year, but it wasn't – it was close. Like, it was kind of like a coin toss uh, a lot of times, so – I think that was something huge to remember despite like winning or losing, just going in with that mentality of like, I have sisters for life here. And like, that's just the coolest part. Yeah. I think one of the things that I love about sort of your SC team is how close you seem to have gotten with so many of your teammates. Like it seems like you, Julia and Tina are just like (laughs) best buddies. Yeah. They're, they're so great. It's so fun for me to just hang around with them and like, I feel like we all became friends so quickly. Yeah. Um, which was really special because then all of our goofiness and ridiculousness just comes out yeah. at the start. And you're like, this is who I am. And you're like, okay, me too. Like, we're yeah. just going to have a great time from now on. So it's got to be a fun house to live in. Are you all still roommates? Um, I'm still roommates with Julia. Okay. And we have another roommate, Willa, who is okay. a baller in a PhD program. Um, that was Julia's friend from. North Carolina, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so that's crazy. They, the stars aligned, God's <laughs> providence. They yeah. met up here, and then I inserted myself into their living situation okay. because I needed a place to live. <laughs> yeah. So I found the room, and I said, hey, let's all yeah. sign. Um, but no, Tina is now living with one of the girls on the indoor team. Okay. And it's just me and Julia and Willa. Okay, got it. Yeah. And you guys, you're on winter break right now. 
right? Mm-hmm. And then when do you get when do you start practicing again? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Oh, yes. Oh, big deal. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. What's I mean, what's an SC practice like? I mean, we mentioned all the talent and we even like missed half the names that are still so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got to be a fun atmosphere to be around. It is really really fun. I think only one day this past fall at practice, you know, I got like really mad and yeah. upset and just kind of like had a ball and just like threw the ball and like whatever. But that is like never how it goes. Like usually all the practices are like, like I said, like you're working so hard and you're all just like building each other up. Um, and I think it's so fun with like all the drills we do because a lot of it is super like side out mm-hmm. focused, like you obviously have to side out to win. So, right. um, but it's so hard to side out against yeah. the girls on the other side, like regardless of who it is, like even our freshmen are so good at like ball control, even if I think most of them are defenders, Okay. but still it's like the whole team has skill. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what combo is on the other side, uh, which I think that's the most fun part. Cause this fall, like we all played kind of with everyone and I think that's refreshing to just not just play with one person the whole time. And, yeah. like, you get different strengths and you learn different things from different people. So yeah. um, what are SC practices like? I think very fun and very, like, pursuit of excellence okay. in all the drills. Yeah. I like it. Is it a lot of competition stuff? We do competitions Every Saturday, we usually okay. go to like Rosecrans at okay. the beach and play only like, Love the it. whole time. Yeah, so that's fun. And then during the week, it's a lot of like I said, just um, drills, side out drills, working on specific shots or yeah, just decision making in general and gotcha. all that. Yeah. Do you guys have a team captain? We usually have three. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say, that's a, how does Dane pick one? I know. <laughs> it's a lot well, of good options. <laughs> I know. He said, there, well, there's three captains right now. It's Sammy Slater, okay. Julia, and Tina. And then there's three j- junior captains. Okay. Who are Delaney, Maple, Megan Craft, and I think Nicole Norse. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not really sure. I think Dane just wanted to give like them a title as well because there are so many yeah. leaders on the team. It's like, how do you choose just right. three? So. And I think that's a smart system, especially for coaches right now who are going to have to deal with massive turnover coming up because I think after this year, you guys are going to graduate a fair amount mm-hmm. of your talent. It's good to kind of groom them as junior leaders yeah. or, or what have you because – Russell Brock at LSU, last year he was carrying 28 kids on his team. Whoa. Yeah, because they they lost 13 this year. Oh, my gosh. I did not know that. And so they brought back, I think there's two starters on LSU. They're twos and threes defender, and everyone else is gone. Whoa. And then so they and he had this massive freshman class coming in. He's like, I don't know what I was supposed to do. He's like, we were losing 13. You got you can't just load up for one year and then just say, screw it. Yeah. And so, like, LSU's totally new. There's a lot of teams that are pretty much totally new. I mean, Pepperdine's real young. Yeah. So it's it'll be fun to watch, as always. It'll be very fun, yeah. Yeah, I noticed that at the fall, a couple fall tournaments this year, I was like, oh, who's who's that over there? Like, who's this new, tall freshman <laughs> on that team yeah. that's, like, Pounding balls. Who, who's yeah. that? It's like, oh, yeah, her? She's, like, 17. I'm like, what? Like, that, it's, like, crazy to me, these new players. And yeah. just, I think it's so fun, like, me being 23. Like, yeah. everyone I've played in college with is done for the most part. Yeah. Like, most of them are out. They're either playing pro or now working a job, adulting. Yeah. And so I, I really don't know, like, anyone, really. That's funny. When so, did you come into college? 2016. Okay. So you graduated high school, you were class 2016, mm-hmm. and then, okay. And then we're at 2022. Did mm-hmm. you think their, your college career would be this long? No. I truly thought I was going to do four years of indoor and beach at Long Beach and then okay. try to pursue volleyball after. I wasn't sure if it was going to okay. be indoor or beach, but I think I had a foot injury at Long Beach, and then 
that kind of opened up the door for an extra year of beach somewhere beach only. Okay. And I was like, wow. Okay. Like I've always dedicated half and half. Like since I was young, I've played both. Yeah. And I feel like there's advantages and disadvantages of that, Mm -hmm. but I never had to decide right until I guess someone made the decision for me with the injury. Um, but I'm so grateful for where it's led me and now I do want to pursue beach. So love it. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Sometimes it works out pretty well. Blessings in disguise. Yes. They're everywhere. Yes, definitely. (laughs) If you could do it again, would you go in college half and half or would you go strictly beach? That is a great question. I think where I was in life at my decision, I was a junior in high school when I committed to Long Beach. Okay. And I always wanted to play both. That was like a huge criteria of mine. Um, but I think it's funny, like at the end I was deciding between UCLA or Long Beach. Okay. And now I'm at SC, which I think is kind of funny. <laughs> but I don't know if I would have chosen one or the other because back then it was still like a lot of teams were just the same, like indoor yeah. team and beach team. Okay. It was just kind of like a lot of the players. they didn't really have the funding for additional beach scholarships. Yeah. yeah. But if I had to decide now, I'd, now I would definitely pick like one or the other. Okay. Yeah. But I think back then it was kind of more like, yeah, do. You're pretty much going to do Do both. all things, yeah. you know, be well-rounded. You can learn things from each and yeah. Yeah. And you grew up in, in Arizona, mm-hmm. Phoenix. That's like a hotbed for volleyball talent right now. Did you grow up playing against uh, Sponsel? I always like admired her and okay. we're lit- I think she is like two years older than me or okay. one and a half but yeah I definitely always watched her um we never directly played each other because like at beach tournaments and stuff she would be in like the 18s and I would be in right. 16s uh and then like for indoor same thing but I would always watch her and she's like a stud beast like amazing yeah Amazing person, too, because I just saw her when I was home. Mm-hmm. We, like, trained a little bit, just oh, got she, some Is reps. she in Arizona right now, too? I don't know if she's still there or if she's back here now. Okay. But we were both there for Christmas. Okay. And so, yeah, I always watched her growing up, and I was, like, in awe. Yeah. Yeah. What's the beach scene like in Phoenix? I'm sure it's growing because, I mean, I feel like Betsy was kind of the first to make a big splash on the beach coming out of Phoenix. It could be yeah. wrong to me. It could be. Uh, someone else but it was like Betsy and then Sponsel and you it was like back to back to back like three pretty big time that's players. nice of you to include me I, <laughs> I have not made it but uh yeah Betsy actually played at my high school too okay. so and she did private lessons with one of my best friends Rachel okay. so I feel like oh my mom and Betsy's mom know each other and they talk and so it's uh, yeah the Phoenix volleyball is like I feel like everyone kind of knows everyone okay yeah. but you grew up playing both I did. I had a beach, well, they're more like dirt courts. Yeah. But, you know, beach, Arizona beach courts. Right. Basically in my backyard because we have a park okay. right behind my house. And um, so when I started indoor, I was like nine. And okay. then I started playing beach when I was like 12. Okay. So from then on, it was kind of like, I can't decide. Yeah. You know, for club, I'm doing two days a week of indoor club and then two days a week of beach club. And on weekends, I'm not playing indoor. I'm trying to go to California and get my feet in the deep sand like as much as I could. So I think I'm just used to the like switch back and forth. Yeah. That's super cool. So you just, I mean, you love volleyball though. It seems from the get go. Yeah, definitely. Like always wanted to be in the gym, always wanted to, it was like a love hate thing because a lot of the times it would be my childlike, you know, I just want to like go right. for everything yeah. and like try to hit the ball as hard as I can. And like, just like that kind of love of it. But yeah. then as I got older, it was more of this like pursuit of perfection. Mm-hmm. And then I would do like a bunch of privates and, you know, if I wasn't doing everything perfectly, I would just get like such a short fuse with myself and get yeah. so mad. Um, but I was always trying to like be in the gym. Yeah. So whether it was like the good days where it was like fun, loving, happy, go lucky, mm-hmm. or if it was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you seem to have the fun, love, and happy-go-lucky thing. I loved practicing with you. Oh that my gosh, day, that was so. You're fun. like one of my favorite. You're like my favorite type of player to play with. What? 
who like when I'm a blocker and someone hits a line shot over me, I'm like, ah, oh, hell, it's going down. Oh shit! I like set the ball. How'd you take that? <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, I don't know. I just love going for stuff, and I think it's fun. I, defense is my favorite. Yeah, for, by by far. Did you block ever? Well, I'm sure mm-hmm. you probably blocked growing up. Yeah, but... I did. I did block in college. Um, because I've only ever, I've just only ever seen you play defense. Never, never in college no but for you know youth tournaments okay. I would block sometimes and then when I played indoor I played outside for like my whole career basically okay. so that's right I always forget just because I never played indoor I always forget that indoor players like all of them have to block yeah pretty much unless you're a libero like yeah. you're a six rotation player and I know you were a six rotation player at Long Beach right Going to take a quick break from the show for a really fun announcement uh, is that Try and I, uh, now that we're finally back in the same country for the first time in what feels like basically forever, uh, we're finally getting around to doing the things that we've been trying to do for a while now. And one of them is dropping a Sandcast merchandise line that you can check out at sandcastmerch.com. All right, we've got t-shirts, we've got hoodies, we've got tank tops, hats, we even have a coffee mug and a backpack. All right, so head over to sandcastmerch.com to take a look and get some of your favorite gear from your favorite podcast. And just so you guys know, I mean, one of the reasons that we wanted to drop a merchandise line uh, is one, a couple people asked, and two, it's just another kind of revenue stream for us and every piece of profit that we make from merchandise is going straight back into the podcast. I mean, now that it's off season, we're going to spend a lot more time kind of improving the podcast, getting better content better mics, a better video setup for those of you who watch on YouTube. And our merchandise line is kind of going to help fund that a little bit. So thank you guys uh, to anybody who has already bought some hoodies, some t-shirts, some hats. We absolutely love you guys. And we love you so much for the last four years. Can you believe we've been up for four years uh, of supporting us for that long and uh, only bigger and better things to come for Sandcast. So head over to sandcastmerch.com to get your gear today. This podcast is, of course, as always since day one, brought to you by Wilson Volleyball. We know, we know it's off-season, the AVP's three-event year is over, but that just means you get to reload on balls to train and rep it out with over the off-season. So head over to Wilson Volleyball and use our discount code SANDCAST-20 to get 20% off your orders of Wilson Volleyball. All right, that's SANDCAST-20 to rock your favorite ball, best ball in the game by far. All right, we played with Mikasa's, we played with Wilson, we play with any kind of ball, and Wilson is by far the best. So head over to Wilson Volleyball and give him your love. And the last bit of news I have before I can let you guys get back to enjoying our podcast is that we do have a, a Sandcast newsletter. We started it last year, or kind of during COVID, and then uh, both Try and I, we hit the road pretty hard during 2021 and lost a little focus, lost the time to do it. But now that we are both back in the United States and we have a lot of free time on our hands to keep improving Sandcast, we do have a Sandcast newsletter. Uh, if you want to sign up for that newsletter, it will include any updates we have with the podcast, but also any writing that I do for Volleyball World, uh, for Volleyball Magazine, any interesting stories on both Volleyball World or Volleyball Magazine or at avp.com, any updates that Try has on his YouTube channel, any great videos the McKibbins have. Basically, I'm just calling all of what I think to be the best volleyball content out there, and I'm just throwing it in a newsletter. Uh, so if you guys want to get that newsletter, head over to sandcastvolleyball.com. And on the right-hand side, you can just drop in your email address, and I will get that to you. Every Friday that I'm in the United States, once season starts up, I cannot promise I'll keep up with it, but the idea is to keep doing it for as long as we can. It's just a weekly thing. Um, It's fun for me to do because I'm basically just taking all of my favorite things that I saw in the volleyball world and I'm giving it to you guys. So if you want to be a part of that newsletter, sandcastvolleyball.com and on the right-hand side, just drop in uh, your email and I'll be chatting with you every single Friday. All right. Back to the show, guys. It's actually weird. I feel like I split my time between libero and outside. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, so you obviously knew how to block. I can throw my arms up yeah. and sometimes be in the right spot. <laughs> like, I think I know what I'm doing, and then I get out on the beach and try to block, and I'm like, oops, sorry, like, wasn't in the right area. My yeah. bad. 
Yeah, blocking is tough. Well, you're a very good defender. Thank you. Very fun to watch. Thanks. That's so <laughs> nice. That's so encouraging going into the season. Are you finding more of the, the joy than the, ah? Uh... Well, it's funny you ask because these last few practices after kind of taking some of December off, yeah. um, I think I came in with more expectation than I should have. Yeah. And, you know, mistakes, I'd be like, ah, this is sixth grade volleyball. What are you doing? And just kind of like verbally kind of attacking myself. And other days I can joke about it. Like I can be like, Oh wow, that wasn't very good. Like, all right, whatever. Like moving on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, but this week recently I've been kind of like beaten up on myself, but, um, reflected on that. And that is not how I want to be on the court. And so I think it's important to have like really positive self-talk and like we do this every day. So it's something yeah. you want to come and do and not be like a burden or feel like you don't like yourself if you're not doing well. Right. Like no way. Like this is such a gift to have yeah. ability to play and to be at the beach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I think now after this week of kind of feeling down, I feel like so refreshed to come back with like just pure joy fun just work your hardest and bring your best attitude and at the end of the day that you just leave it all on the court yeah and it just like having when you get really frustrated with yourself because like I'll get super frustrated sometimes too and it's just like I'm never better when I punt balls no and yell and scream <laughs> you know I'm always way better when I'm just like laughing I'll shank a pass and I'm like oh great job <laughs> yeah good good serve by you yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause, and that's one thing that I learned I grew up playing golf uh, my mm. whole life, and you're never better when you snap your four iron over your leg. Mm-mm. You know, have you done that? <laughs> oh yeah, you've broken clubs. <laughs> yeah, my dad, uh, he he listens to this, so he'll get a good kick out of remembering this story. But we were playing at uh, this course by my house, and um, I just like I shanked a chip and just chucked my wedge, and it got stuck in the tree, like top of a gigantic tree. <laughs> and so, and my dad, he was like down this hill, so he didn't see it. And I was like, oh shit, I could get the club before my dad sees. So I'm like, I'm throwing a ball to try to hit the club to get it because it was literally stuck up there. So my dad sees the club, and we were on, like, the 13th hole, which is the farthest, absolute farthest from the clubhouse. And he was like, when you're done, just walk home. Just grab your clubs and walk home. No way. (laughs) So from there on out, I was like, I don't think throwing my wedge is a great idea. Yeah. In the moment, it seems like the only logical thing to do. You're, like, so mad. But then after, like... Oh, shoot, I really did that. Yeah, it just feels so great to throw, and then as soon as it's out of your hand, you're like, oh, come back. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I wish I was good at golf. It's I play, like, once a year now. Okay. And but I mean, because golf is so frustrating, Mm -hmm. and I used to get so mad, you know, because, like, the ball's not moving. Exactly. The defense isn't moving. The the hole is staying there. Yeah. And it's just so frustrating, but you never get any better. And I think golf is, like, one of the ultimate, like, teachers and, like, it, it just keeps you really humble because it's so hard to be good at. And that's helped me with all sports. It's just like you can't get frustrated. It's not going to help. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. Much easier said than done. Yeah. Do you guys have like sports psych at USC? Yeah. That's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. I This past year, starting in the fall, I took advantage of that resource. And I've been meeting with somebody every two weeks. Um, and I just met with him as what's today Thursday I just met with him yesterday yeah so I feel like that was like a super helpful resource for me to just be like you know what I really didn't have a good week this week and how can we move forward and like how can I be like the teammate I want to be and how you know because we were talking about goals and speaking of like the new year you know everyone has resolutions and goals Mm -hmm. and he was saying well why are all of your goals so performance based (laughs) because you know my goals are like oh I want to get whatever it is, like however many aces per match and however many dig conversions per set. And he's like, well, what about like how your attitude or like how you want to be remembered by your teammates? You know, what are, what are those type of goals that you can think about and then intentionally bring with you every day to practice and maybe like reflect on? I was like, whoa, okay. You got some wisdom. Okay. (laughs) Like that's true because he's like, how, how often can you control like if you want to get more than 
25 season wins. Right. Like, well, you know, I think I could control that. Yeah. He's like, well, I don't know. Just have more process-oriented goals. Yeah. So what are the new process-oriented goals? Or are you still kind of They're still under revision. But I definitely think uh, just being a teammate who is very communicative, because Mm -hmm. for me, I've noticed if I'm doing poorly myself, I tend to internalize and I'm thinking about, oh, how can I do things better? And then I'm not talking. Yeah. So that's just worked for me just to be very vocal with my teammate and just always, you know, be positive. Don't let anything rattle me, which is again, easier said than done. But I think just like being aware of those things more than can I hit, you know, these certain 30 balls in a row, you know, yeah. which I want to do as well. Right. But I think having the focus beyond the process, I mean, we've all heard this more than the, right. the outcome. I think that's where, I mean, the process is really where we get a lot of our fulfillment from. Mm-hmm. You know, talking to Zana the other day, she was saying that she was able to go and enjoy six weeks in Poland with Micah and be totally satisfied taking that time off because she knew that she had put in 100% of what she could have possibly put in. And she got good results because of it, but she walked away knowing, yeah, like I'm proud of the work I put in. I can relax and now I can go back knowing that that's actually what makes me proud over a third in Chicago and a third in Atlanta. That it's the fact that I went five, six days a week, I trained, I did what I needed to do to stay balanced. And so it's, once you realize that the process goals are so much more fulfilling and attainable, um, it's much easier to look at them instead of, because they have kind of a weird rap. Like it's, you know, trust the process. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's such a cliche. Yeah. You know, so it just has this weird stigma around it. But once you buy into it, you're like, oh, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. Just trust. <laughs> just trust just the trust. process. Easy as that. Yeah. yeah. Do you have, as you mentioned that you wanted to kind of do professional volleyball afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, now that you've gotten kind of, I feel like you're sort of leading the NCAA and kind of how to market yourself. Because um, you, we have this, uh, how do you pronounce it? Aqua Hydrate. Yeah, give, them, right give here. them the plug. And best water I've ever had. Oh, yeah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. But you were one of the first I heard to sign an NIL deal um, with Raising Canes. Yes. How did that come about? So I'm a huge Canes fan. Like, I think anyone who I talk to, I either bring up like, Canes or Aqua Hydrate okay. or like Jesus. So those are my three like big brands. Canes, water, <laughs> Jesus. I love it. So um, <laughs> I don't know. I just things that I love, like I, it's so easy for me to share that with others. Yeah. Um, so I just called up Canes and said, hey, I've been a Caniac for years. Yeah. I now through NIL changes. Um, I'm playing in this tournament, in this Manhattan AVP tournament. Like, I'd love to wear your logo yeah. um, and post about it, you know. So that's how it went down. That's Sadly, awesome. it was just a one-time thing. Though. Yeah. Very but, cool, though. Yeah, I mean, I'm that. stoked. It was so funny. When I was playing against Zana and Savvy, actually, someone in the crowd was like, oh, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I think I, like, I was like, I had to recompose myself before I served because yeah. I was like, that was hilarious. That is funny. Yeah. So, I mean, how did you, you, you mentioned you just called up Canes, mm-hmm. but it's not like you just like found a number on you know, their website and called them, I'm sure. I mean, you seem to do a pretty good job of marketing yourself. Thanks. Um, I have a team with me as well. Cool. Um, Hawker Family Sports and Entertainment. Okay. And I met Tay, who's kind of like my brand, like consultant. Okay. Just through a trusted friend. So I was like, okay, like he's starting a, like an NIL company. Um, like I'm down. It's it's new. Everything's new. And we can see what happens. Yeah. And so it's really nice to have them just in my corner for any questions I have. Like, hey, like, is this allowed? Yeah. Or is this allowed instead of bugging my compliance officer all the time? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just looked up raising canes, like marketing people. Yeah. And just sent emails. I love it. And um, yeah, it ended up working out with like the regional marketing leader in uh, SoCal. That's super cool. Yeah. When I saw it, I was like, the first beach volleyball player sponsored by Raising Games. It's hilarious. I know. Julia was like, it's kind of like false advertising because you're you're fit and their food isn't the healthiest. 
But it's just so good. It's so good. Oh my gosh. If you haven't gone, check out Raising Cane's and try Aqua Hydrate. <laughs> <laughs> I used to get it. Uh, do, do you ever meet uh, Skylar McCoy? No. He went to Long Beach for a little while. He might, I think he probably graduated a little bit before. Um, but we played together for like a year. And after every CBVA or AVP Next, we'd hit up Raising Cane's. Oh, I like him already. And we just crushed it. Because I lived like walking distance from one. Oh. And on Friday nights, um, it was like the high school spot to be apparently because the drive through line would go like back onto the highway. Oh, yeah. I've waited. <laughs> shamefully, I've waited over an hour in the drive through line. I believe it. For Canes. <laughs> like I didn't leave. I was like, nope, I've waited here. I'm getting this meal. I deserve it. <laughs> so I'm assuming it's big in, in Arizona. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The closest one from my house was like near ASU. So it was like 25, 30 minute drive. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever consider going to an Arizona school? I visited both ASU and U of A. Okay. Um, but I think I wanted to kind of move out of the heat, especially. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, and I think Long Beach was far enough away. Um, and it's where my mom went to school, actually. So she has a lot of her college friends live in Orange County. And um, it just seemed like the right fit at the time. And, yeah, I think getting out of Arizona was was a really great move. Yeah. Um, just to meet new people and kind of get new experiences, get a little more out of my comfort zone, go yeah. to a place where no one knows who I am and yeah. all that stuff. Was there any culture shock? Because California is oh, yeah. different. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, driving on the freeways, I think I'm used to it now, but yeah. at first I was like, this is so scary. Like, people are just zipping past me, like, <laughs> so quickly on both sides. And um, I think the culture, too, was more fast-paced. Yeah. than I was used to and I'm from like a little suburb like it's called Ahwatukee okay in Phoenix and I would not drive farther than like 25 minutes like for anything yeah like everything I needed was in this little tiny like bubble of shelter yeah and so yeah coming out here and in Long Beach especially like I could go to Anaheim I could go yeah. South Bay I could go Newport like it was just like whoa there's so much to do yeah. and like everyone's moving at 100 miles an hour yeah and Long Beach is in like the center of everything mm -hmm. but it's close to nothing right so you're always <laughs> driving at least like half hour 45 minutes yeah. to do whatever it is you want to do exactly yeah but you seem to have adjusted pretty well do you like do you like California or do you are there a lot of parts of home that you mm. miss I like California, I think for the time of my life that I'm in now. Yeah. But I don't know if I could see myself living here with a family per se. Yeah. Uh, because I think I enjoyed growing up where I did, kind of removed, but just close enough to where it's like, oh, we can go to California for the yeah. the weekend, like woohoo, like, yeah. get in the car and go, and um, like seeing the beach for me growing up was just like, whoa, like this is so incredible. Yep. Um, and I think yeah, it's like not something everyone sees all the time. So mm -hmm. just that appreciation for yeah. sure. I want to instill in my future kids. Yeah. Like you won't see this all the time. <laughs> That's how enjoy I it. <laughs> Cause growing up and just like this little farm town in Maryland. Now when I wake up and we live two blocks off the beach, uh, we're actually just like 12 blocks down that way, like straight from Tri's house. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm like, this is crazy that this is what I get to see every morning. It it's is. amazing. Yeah. But as a state, California, it's just like, it's just so expensive. Oh, yeah. It's hard to maintain it, but if you can, it's amazing. Yeah. Do you ski or snowboard? I have skied. Okay. Never snowboard. You'd strike me as someone who'd be like pretty good at it. Really? Yeah. I think, I mean, I've never surfed either. My okay. brother is a big surfer, okay. but I've never surfed, never snowboarded, never skateboarded. Really? I think I'd probably eat it <laughs> if I tried. I'd rather snowboard than skateboard because snow is softer. Really? And pavement. I feel like I've heard people breaking ribs on the snowboard and... You definitely can. Head and yeah. all that. Um, I ski, though. But that's one of the things I love about California is that, like, you can drive two hours and you, you'll get 12 feet of snow. Yeah. And then you can walk 20 minutes and you can surf. Yeah. Last that's New ridiculous. Year's, me, Julia, and Tina did a hike up where there was snow. We were, like, throwing snow at each other. Yeah. And then the same day, we drove to the beach and played in our bikinis. Yeah. We are like... What? How? It's how? incredible. How is this real? Yeah. The surf snowboard in the single day is just mind-boggling yeah. to me. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. But with now that you've gotten a kind of a glimpse, like you've played some AVPs, mm -hmm. you and uh, Catherine Plummer got a ninth 
in yes, Hermosa? Is yeah. that career high, right? Yeah. Um, so you've gotten a glimpse of the professional life a little bit. Um, and I feel like you're probably pretty well prepared for it just because like, of how mature you are and, and um, you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like a lot of people come in and they're like, oh, yeah, if I make one main draw, you know, I'll be like, I'll be set, I can make it. But it's tough. Um, so what's kind of the mindset of someone who you're going to kind of leave the college sanctuary in a couple months and then go pro? Um, are you lining up like part-time jobs? Like I don't really know what it looks like for a college senior. This is a great, great question <laughs> because this is what I've been, you know, thinking about right. for the last month and a half, two months. Um, I think right after the Manhattan AVP, I was just really down in the dumps. We went 0-2. We were done. Two good matches, though. You played two tough matches. Yes. They both went three at, you know, lost at the freeze and however many. I don't know however many extra points. But, um, yeah, I was pretty bummed after that tournament just for a variety of reasons. But I was just kind of like, you know, I don't know if I'm really good enough to do this and you know just all the the demons Mm -hmm. telling you like you're not good enough and just all that stuff and I was like wow you know I got to think about what I want to do because my whole life I've been a volleyball player and I think I really hit this kind of like low point and then from there I was just like oh what do I do and kind of talking with my parents about it and praying about it and I really felt after that kind of like a week and a half, two weeks later, I just felt so like at peace mm-hmm. and just so like ready mm-hmm. to give it all I have instead of this kind of fear like, oh, I don't know if I try and then fail, right. that'll crush me. You know, I think that was kind of my mentality going into Manhattan and after Manhattan AVP. Um, but now I've since had this kind of refreshed view of it and just like, it is a blessing. Like, you don't have to do this. You don't have to play beach volleyball. Yeah. You can go do whatever you want to do. But I think that reignited my flame of like, I want to try my hardest. And if I fail, who cares? Yeah. You know, I'm going to run around, go crazy, try to be a good teammate. And this doesn't have to be my only living. Like I can try to find a part-time job. Yeah. I got to start doing applications yeah. now. <laughs> but yeah, I think there was that point and I got some advice uh, like from Sarah Sponsel and like, yeah. I think just having people ahead of you, like kind of chatting them up and be like, how do you do this lifestyle? Yeah. Like it really is, seems like a very draining type of thing, you know, partnerships break, they're like breakups. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, how do you find the right partner and the right coach and the right training times? And I think all of that was just overwhelming me, the unknowns of leaving the college life and entering this pro do-it-yourself type of career. Yeah. Um, but I think knowing you are capable, like knowing you have what it takes, like I'm definitely not at my peak right now, yeah. but I think that belief in yourself of like, I know where I can get. And then also knowing like you have people supporting you. Like I have my coaches now, Dane and Gustavo. They want the best for me. They yeah. want to prepare me for the pros. And I have hopefully coaches in the future once I'm done at SC that can help me. So it's not like all on you. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of how I felt. I don't know if other college players have felt the same way, just this overwhelming, like, what do I do? Who do I, who do I ask to play with me? And, you know, and I just kind of feel like God will provide, I will work my hardest, but I also trust that whatever plan he has in store for me is going to be great. Yeah. So I think that's where the peace came from of like, okay, I can attack this with all I've got and no, I gave it my all and yeah, that's that. And that's that. Yeah. That, that's a process goal right there. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> Growth. Process goal. Yeah. It's fun to see because Savvy, when, uh, when she started kind of co-hosting Sandcast, she was having the same like sort of semi-existential crisis. Yes. Like, oh my God, like what do I do? I want to move to the South Bay, but it's so far. And it's so expensive, but driving from San Diego is impossible. And she was, like, kind of freaking out. And me and Tribo said, just make yourself as available as possible. Mm. And trust me, like, you're good enough. You'll get into practice groups. And soon enough, like, you'll have more requests to practice than you know what to do with. And 
And then now I always like, I always smile when I see Savvy practicing with like, you know, in April or like Clay's in Sponsel. I'm like, there we go, Savvy. Yes. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're in that same boat. I feel like a lot of younger players coming out, even though you guys are so good, you've already proven you can take a top 10 on an AVP. You can win a Wapaka, you know, and, but you're still like kind of shy about asking people to practice and play. I'm like, oh, just ask people. Yeah. And to you, you'll get a lot of yeses. Yeah, I think that's the thing is like, oh, I don't know, like, if this person is available or whatnot, like, yeah, just ask and be available. Like, I think one time it was so random, but it was Sarah Pavin needed someone to practice. And I was like, oh, my gosh, (laughs) anytime and any place. And I woke up at like five in the morning to Mm -hmm. get to the beach on time and like just practice. And I was like. I don't even care if I don't get sleep. Like, we'll just if right. anyone asks, like, I want to be able to play. Um, so I think, yeah, that's really important uh, to kind of not be selective. Yeah. Entering your career and just, like, try everything, I feel yeah. like. How was it practicing with Pav? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was like, I better run for everything. Like, she's a freaking Olympian and, like, just amazing. And I was like, yeah, I better just try my hardest. I think I was – I'm, like, such a people pleaser. Yeah. And that's something that has – exposed itself through beach volleyball with yeah. just two of you oh my gosh yeah it's like if if you're focused on how bad you're setting or if you're like oh like i feel so bad like i'm not getting you any good sets then right. what like it, it gets worse yep so um yeah i was just trying to make like the practice as good for you know these pros yeah that was my whole focus mm-hmm. i was like i just want to do good enough so that they have a productive time yeah uh, it's so funny. Yeah. That's like exactly how Tim Brewster is. Oh, I he, love him. Every, like, you can't not love Tim Brewster. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. But he's so funny. Like, we'll be practicing and he'll, I'll set one. I could set him 20 feet off the net and outside the pin and he'd hit an error or something. And he'd be like, gosh, Tim. Like, <laughs> Tim, I said, like, no one could hit that set. Like, <laughs> Phil Dahlhauser would hit that under the net. He's like, no, like, I could do this better. And he, like, yelled himself for setting bad. And I'm like, Tim. When I give you a bad set, you can let me know. It's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, say, yeah. that maybe would have helped if you put me in the right zip code. <laughs> in the right zip code. Well, that's true. Yeah, honesty is better than, like, oh, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. It's like, no, tell me where you want it. You and, it's, and it's not like you have to say, you have to yell at them. Yeah. Like, I need it here. It's like, hey, like, it, it'd help if it was, like, a foot more inside or something. The relationship part of it is so crazy to me. It is. It's so crazy. Because you could have two amazing players and maybe they just, like, don't vibe. Yeah. And it's like, what? Like, you guys should be, like, number one in the world. Yeah. I don't know. It's on-paper partnerships. You're like, that makes total sense. And sometimes it just it doesn't happen. And then you look at, like, uh, um, you know, a try and a Trevor, which when they started playing together on paper couldn't have made any less sense at all. They're both blockers and they both played the same side. Mm-hmm. And now they're the number one team in the United States. Yeah. Wow. Because with Phil retiring and Jake oh, retiring, yeah. um, they'll be the only men's team in the Elite 16th. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, who could have predicted that? Seriously. And they started playing sort of as a joke. Like, Try had been <laughs> out for two years with autoimmune disease, and uh-huh. Trevor had been playing with Mayer, and you know they hadn't gotten the finishes that they really wanted. And and Trev was like, Trev, we could play one. And Trev was like, yeah. All right, why not? Wow, and then they just stuck it out. Yeah, and here we are. Wow. The number one team. So cool. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> but you don't have to worry about the partnerships for a while. How does it, how is it decided at USC? Like, do you submit, like, a, a dream list of partners and then, like, the coaches kind of I mean, from there? for me, any partner they put me with, like, you can't go wrong yeah. with the lineup. Yeah. So, uh I think Dane has like meetings with everybody and during my meeting he asked me. Yeah. He said who who are your top two like people you'd like to play with? And so okay. I say and then um I don't know how much of it he takes into account because it's it was still preseason. Yeah. Um but I think yeah, he just tries out different things and sees what works. I think it was interesting last season with putting splitting up Megan and Delaney. Yeah. Because then he put Megan with Tina and had that kind of freshman and then a leader. Yeah. And then put Delaney with Joy. Yeah. Who was a senior captain. And I think uh, me and Julia were just talking about this, how that kind of 
helps the freshmen like grow mm-hmm. just so much quicker. Yeah. Cause you're not just throwing two freshmen together into the pool and they're both trying right. to figure it out. Um, so I don't know if he'll mix things up or yeah. how it's going to go this year. And did he ever try to split up the Norses or is that always a package deal? They're pretty much a package deal. Okay. Yeah. I always wonder how it is with twins. There's so many twins in college beach volleyball. Like there were the Van Gunts at yep. Georgia State, mm-hmm. the Witt twins were at Arizona, yep. the Max uh, at yep. UCLA, and they've mm-hmm. all always played together. And yeah. you guys had the Norses. It's like, yeah. I don't know if you're even allowed to split up twins. I know. <laughs> I think maybe like sometimes for a practice or something, yeah. but usually no. Yeah. Because they just know each other so well. It's like they don't even have to say anything and they're running like plays. I'm like, yeah. what is happening right now? And they are always practicing. Oh, yeah. When me and Tim were working with um, Jose, the Norses were always either like before or after us. And then every time I walk past 8th Street, they're out there with Pompilio. Mm -hmm. Like, you guys are crazy. Yeah, they are so fun to have as teammates because I can talk with them about like anything we see or like anything, like even internally, like mentally, if we're going through anything, because they're just so into volleyball Mm -hmm. and like they're so good. And it's just like, very fun to like challenge them and like bounce ideas off of each other. Yeah. Can you yeah. tell them apart? Oh yeah. I can. I'm glad that one of them's lefty. It's like, right. that's a rule with twins. Like the McNamara's are the same way. I'm yeah. like, all right, Nicole, Megan, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can tell them apart pretty easily. Okay. Except the other day in the training room, like one of them was like 30 feet d- with their back turned and I like guessed wrong. Yeah. But if I'm right next to them, yeah. Because I remember when, when me and Tri had the McNamaras on the podcast, they walked in and I was like, oh, you don't have numbers and neither of you are hitting. So I was like, Tri, you got to introduce yourself so we know which who's who. And then, but then like, I didn't see like how they sat down. Oh no. And I was like, oh man, I don't, so when I was doing the podcast, I was waiting for cues and it was like 10 minutes in. I was like, got it. Megan and Nicole. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, okay, don't switch seats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. The Witt twins, though, because one of them was hurt in an NVL, mm. and um, they didn't want the other team to know who was who. So they both did the exact same, like, tape job over their shoulders, and, and they were switching sides and everything, and, split, and, like, no one could tell. I have done that. Well, I, I don't have a twin, but right. <laughs> at... Uh, the national championship. Yeah. My partner, Haley. So both of us. Hogren. Yes. Both of us named Haley. We don't look alike, but she kind of had like a little shoulder, like twinge yeah. happen. So they taped her shoulder and she's like, oh, we should tape your shoulder too. So it doesn't look like I'm hurt or something. Yeah. So we're like, all right, go ahead. So we taped my shoulder and we kind of thought that was pretty I funny. love some gamesmanship. Yeah. How's <laughs> Haley doing, by the way? She is doing good. Um, she just she had some lung tumor. Um, I, I saw that because she's she was at Michigan yeah. for her grad year indoor. Yeah, and, and then she had kinda, like a, it was a huge like tumor in her lung, wasn't it? Yeah. That's so crazy. she just had surgery um, yesterday. Oh wow! And it went well. Okay. Thankfully, good. yeah. Awesome. So she is on the recovery. Okay. But yeah, playing with her at the end was a joy, even though we were not the most consistent pair you uh, got your start at the right time though you, you got because your first win in golf shores was like that was it that sealed it that's yeah. not a bad one yeah it was <laughs> i don't know if anyone like followed the specific pairs for the national championship but me and Haley at the threes yeah that the final game was the only game we had won and going through that whole week i was so down because i was like my people pleasing i was like dang like <laughs> I don't feel reliable for the team. Like, I just feel so bad because, like, losing in an AVP, it's like, yeah, you're bummed, but you just lose for you and your partner and, like, your coach. But with the team that big in college, like, just losing, you're like, oh, my gosh, it's so much worse. I'm losing for the whole team. And um, so I was kind of, like, dealing with that the whole time. And people could tell I couldn't really hide it that I was just, like, so down and, like, I'm sorry, guys. And... Gustavo actually told me, um, you know, only the last game matters. Or he kept like kind of like chirping at me like yeah. that. And then it ended up where like the last game we just like flipped a switch and we had like the cleanest game we had together. That's and awesome. that was so fun because 
I love Haley as a person, and that was her last beach game. Yeah. So that was like good way to go out. So nice, yeah. Just yeah. the relationship wise. Yeah. So and that had fun. to have been just so fun, like just to win. I mean, mm-hmm. that had to have been a pretty surreal moment for you because that had been a long time coming. You went, you know, grew up in Arizona, mm-hmm. started at Long Beach in the national championship at SC. That was probably a, a pretty fun time. It was, oh my gosh, it was so fun. And like hugging my parents afterwards because like my mom, like she listens to all of these as well. Uh, and she and I love it. I chat like kind of with your mom, either through Instagram or Facebook or whatever. She's great. She's like, you better prepare for this. You better like go back and rewatch all of them. Like, uh, yeah, she's like the biggest volleyball fan, and so she was obviously there. And it was Mother's Day on oh, on the cool. day of the Natty, and yeah, I think just all the emotions pouring out of just yeah. kind of like, ah, oh, we did it, like. We were kind of like, I feel like we had this target on our back, but then going into it, UCLA had just beat us at Mm Pac-12s. So that was kind of good that they beat us then and we got this taste of like, you know, losing and going into it. it, I feel like it kind of took some pressure off. Yeah. And then, yeah. And you, like you learn so much when you lose, there's like an art to losing at the right time. Mm -hmm. Because when uh, Anders and Christian... Uh, went on this big slump like right before the Olympics. They got like a 25th, a 9th, and like a 5th, which for them is just a tragic stretch. And for me, I'd be like, it's career right there, <laughs> made it. But the, And then they win gold in Tokyo because like once they started losing, everyone was trying the same thing. Like pretty much, it was like the whole world had just gotten on a group chat and was like, hey, we're all serving Anders now. Mm. And so they all served Anders. And it took them a couple tournaments to adjust but then they adjusted perfectly, timed it with the Olympics. Yeah. And it's like, you guys, you lost to UCLA for Pac-12s, but I feel like that probably gave you the perfect time to make whatever adjustments you had to make, clean it up, or take a little pressure off. Mm-hmm. It's like sometimes losing at the right time is great. I've had so many times where, like, I'll beat a team in pool play and then in bracket, like, lose or, like, vice versa. Oh, I hate like, it. what? We just played two hours ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both of my my first two Norsecas um, played. My first one I played uh, this Puerto Rican team that was the top seed. We beat them in pool, lost them in the finals. And then second one, we were in La Paz, Mexico, which if you have the opportunity to play that Norseca, absolutely take it. Okay. It's amazing. The whole town shuts down for that. The bleachers, you're getting like three, 4,000 people in the stands. And you're signing autographs and pictures for like 20, 30 minutes. It's a, there's opening ceremonies like it's a legit event. Whoa! Yeah, but we beat uh, this. We beat Mexico like home crowd like in front of the lights like 10 p.m. and everyone is just like wasted. The like, <laughs> crowd is fantastic. We beat them in like really fun match and then we lose to them in the finals. It's like, oh, not again. Dang. And then almost did the same thing in uh, Bonaire because we played Mexico's new number one team um, and we beat them in pool. And then if we had won our semifinal, we would have played them in the finals. I wow. was like, <laughs> but if I hate losing or beating a team in pool. You just beat them too early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's like, dang, we had the perfect strategy for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Well, what do you think about the NCAA expanding to 16? I think it's great. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it only makes sense with how many programs are adding beach. Yeah. Like that the number of opportunities should increase for the tournament. Because I had some friends at the indoor national tournament say, like, oh, yeah, you guys are, like, you get to the tournament and you're Elite Eight. Yeah. Like, we have to go through so many more rounds. And, like, they, they're like, oh, it's, like, more special for us to win. I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, I mean, they're give and take, though, because then the beach regular season is just that much more important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you lose a couple times and you're like, oh, crap. But an indoor, you know, with 60, 64, 64 so. teams, you know, you can have a, a pretty – medium like mediocre regular season and still make it so there's a little bit of both but um i see what they're saying yeah it's just starting the elite eight yeah i'm not sure how it'll go though i haven't read on all the specifics on like if they're gonna add another weekend or if they're gonna i think from so i know this upcoming 2022 they only added one additional day oh so the first day of competition will be wednesday and then you'll have thursday friday saturday sunday um, and so I think the, the format that they've pitched is 
the first round single limb. Okay. And then once you get to those eight teams, it's double limb from there, which is pretty crazy. Because, yeah. like, as we've seen, like, pretty much anybody can get hot in a match and beat anybody. Single limb is going to be pretty gnarly in that yeah. first round. Oh, my gosh. I can sense the upsets already. Yeah. Wow. Were you on the SC team that lost to Stetson? No. Okay. <laughs> you knew where I was going. I knew. Yeah, team. no. I, I was not there yet. Okay. No. Got it. But it's, it's been so fun to see how big college has gotten. I'm sure it's probably been fun for you to see just from when you were getting recruited to where it is now. It's like triple the size from when you were a high school player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to see. And just the expansion um, to the East Coast and Midwest and all that. Yeah. Let's get beach volleyball everywhere, you know? Yeah. And now, because I think with the new format, I think they're doing like the six automatic qualifiers from conference champions. Um, so a couple more East Coast teams will make it in that we probably haven't really seen. Like the A-Sun, I think, would be like kind of North Florida. Is that their conference? Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, we'll see a couple teams that we haven't, most people haven't really heard much about. Mm-hmm. Like UAB will probably get in there at some point soon. And they're always decent. Um, but just, it's, it was hard to crack that top eight. Yeah. I feel like it's been like the same, a lot of the same teams just year after year. Yeah. Well, now that we're heading into 2022, I won't keep you here much longer. Um, but do you have, what are the big kind of process goals either for college or for pro? Or are you kind of taking this like really micro steps at a time? Hmm. I mean, I'd like to be as much in the moment as possible. Love it. But it is good to plan. So I think for the college season, I want to go into it with no expectations, which is Super tough. Yeah. But I think, like I said, that relieves so much pressure from me because I could have all these expectations of like, oh, mm-hmm. you're a, you're 23 years old. You're playing against like 18-year-olds. Yeah. You should be winning every time. <laughs> or like, you know, X, Y, Z, should, should, should. Right. I want to like get rid of all of those and just play for the love of the game and just spread joy and all of that. So I think that is my college season like process goal is to just like eliminate expectations and then going into the pros I did have a goal of qualifying for 75 percent of tournaments I I wanted to say 100 but I didn't know you know it's qualifying tough that's always a tough one because when you set it as 100 you know if if you don't qualify for your first you're like oh well I'm done yeah exactly you're like well no no recovering here um so I did write that down okay I don't have a partner yet but I have a feeling like something will line up. I'll, I'll do my reaching out. Um, uh, so I'm not like too concerned there because we're pretty like in shape by the end of the college season. Yeah, and you guys come out. I'm like, I don't envy the women's qualifiers. <laughs> Jeez Louise, like you guys will be like, because you don't have a ton of AVP points. Although you probably have a couple from winning like Alpaca and 500. stuff. But I don't know if that's a lot or a little. You see some of these college teams, you're like, that 68-seeded team, is in reality like maybe the sixth best team in this qualifier. Oh, and they're yeah. just about to wreck people's days. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. Um, but so that was kind of my goal there. And then the FIVBs, oh, my gosh. I have zero points. I don't know. I need to do my research on the whole new system. But uh, that is just kind of up in the air for yeah. me. I mean, only advice I could give there that you'll hear from everybody is when, they're, when the Norsecas come back, um, which hopefully they do, mm-hmm. you just got to sign up for all those. Um, and if international is a priority, the best ones to do are Norseka that conflicts with an AVP. Because mm. you won't even have to go, most of the time you won't even have to go through the qualifier because nobody in their right mind would skip an AVP for Norseka unless it's someone who wants to get started. Right. And they're like super top-heavy fields. So you're almost guaranteed a berth into the semifinals because you'll play teams that just straight up like you could win. I've seen teams win 21 nothing. It's bad. Um, but then, like, once you get to the semis, you'll play, like, a Mexico, a Cuba, Puerto Rico, Canada, and then you'll start playing teams. But Norsecas are your fast track, for okay. sure. Very cool. Let's hope no one else listens to this. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Well, I love your, uh, your message about finding joy, spreading joy. What's been, like, the biggest things that have helped you kind of stay in that joyful frame of mind? I mean, prayer. And just reading the word. And I think 
having like a a cause for your joy because it's one thing to just have this kind of blind optimism which i feel like can fade Mm -hmm. if your circumstances keep punching you you know yeah that's tough on anyone but i think if you have this kind of source of joy and love and light in your life uh which is what i found in this last year i think that just takes precedent like over everything else and it's just like this is really what's important in life and like i want to share this with others and like just kind of it puts things into perspective like i think it took pressure off of me as the volleyball player and put more emphasis on like who does christ say i am and Mm -hmm. like how do i want to live my life um so i think that is really important for anyone listening yeah uh yeah so that's kind of the the source there yeah I love it. Love your mindset. Love your style. Love the way you play. And uh, looking forward to watching this year. Thanks, Travis. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the water. Oh, of course. Super smooth. Yes. (laughs) Smoothest. Good luck this season, Haley. Thank you.